You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after what was undoubtedly one of the most frustrating days of this baseball season for the Atlanta Braves. No two ways about it. Not only did you lose to the New York Mets, you lost to the New York Mets twice as New York sweeps that doubleheader, grabs a couple of games in the standings, pushes the Braves a little bit further back, and these were just a couple of contests that for Atlanta, this is just not going to go down as the greatest day of baseball from the season. The losses would, of course, tell you that, but we'll get into the why of all of it on this episode of the Braves postcast. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your postcast. Uh, Jake, an 8-5 loss for the Braves in Game 1, a 6-2 loss in Game 2. That means New York has taken this series. They have a big-time advantage in the season, head-to-head battle now, 7-4 and against Atlanta, and if I learned anything through the first 11 meetings between these two clubs, is that the Mets this year thus far have played better head-to-head, they played more consistently head-to-head, and they have gotten better pitching head-to-head, and those are the things that I think are the difference between the Braves losing three out of the first four and having a chance to split or have a lead in the series. Yeah, look, we got a pretty big sample size now. The Mets are the better team. I mean, um, I tweeted this out late after in the second game. I believe the Braves are every bit as talented. The Mets just play a better brand of baseball. They don't make a ton of mistakes, and when you do make a mistake, they jump on it, and that's what good teams do. And I'm not saying the Braves aren't a good team. You can't be 20 games over 500 and not be a good team. But just head-to-head this year, the the Mets have been the better team than the Braves. And you know that's not to say they can't get in a, a postseason-type series and the Braves take it. That would not shock me at all. But, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about what we've seen so far, the Mets are, unfortunately, the better team at this point. Yeah, I think you have to sit here and look at it realistically and say credit where it's due because we knew the Mets went out. And we've said this time and again as these two teams have played now, what, 11 times this year. These are not the 2021 Mets. So anybody who's expecting them to just walk out the front door one day, miss a step, and fall down, and all of a sudden the Braves get to walk over them to the division title, I got news for you. It ain't going to work out that way. The Mets are a talented team. Max Scherzer is back in a big-time way from his injury scare. He is pitching at an ace level. They've got Jacob DeGrom back in there, and they've got a lineup that consistently grinds out at bats. And as Jake just said, they do not make a lot of mistakes. The Braves cannot say all of those things about this series. Clearly, there's only one Jacob DeGrom. There's only one Max Scherzer. But the Braves' starting pitchers have not been able to consistently give the Braves length in these games. And that's been a big problem. And the defense behind the Atlanta starting pitchers has let them down a time or three thus far in this series. And that, I think, has been a big talking point as well. Let's jump into game one of this as we go through uh, the Braves dropping to 64 and 44 on the year. Five runs, 12 hits, an error. They left 12 men on base in this game. When you lose by three and you look at that column, that's pretty frustrating for the Braves. They did have their chances. They could not get the big hits. Made a little bit of a run at it late, but Edwin Diaz came on and put out that fire. Mets improved to 68-39 and 39 with their game one win. Eight runs on 13 hits. Played errorless ball behind David Peterson, who was really dialed in. He looked extremely good in game one. I don't think Jake Odorizzi necessarily looked bad in his Braves debut, Jake, but he had to leave in the fifth inning, had a cramp in his hamstring. That was an issue. Uh, also, an error on a pickoff didn't help him out in, in his own cause. 
Uh, six hits, three walks. What did you make of Odorizzi's first time out with the Braves? Yeah, like you said, I, I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, he, he doesn't get that injury. He gets to the fifth inning. It's five innings, three earned. I mean, I think you'll take that out of your fifth, you know, maybe sixth starter. Uh, yeah. You know, it just the Braves got to score against David Peterson, plain and simple. I mean, yeah, you know, Odorizzi kept them in that game for as long as he could. The offense just couldn't get anything going. So I thought Odorizzi was fine, especially the fact, you know, he's throwing to a young catcher, a catcher who's never caught him before his first game with this team. You know, I think you got to cut him a little bit of slack there and overall, you know, take it for what it was. It was a, a solid start from a, a fifth or sixth starter. Yeah, and that's what they brought him in to do is just add a little bit of depth to this rotation, and he's been able to do that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the reason why the Braves lost was that the strike zone was terrible because it was terrible for both sides. But game one was just one of the worst ones I've seen all season long. I can't wait to see that umpire scorecard. I mean, really, I can wait. I'm not looking forward to it, but either way, the Mets went out there. They scored a bunch of runs. David Peterson pitched great. And those are the reasons that they won that game. But when you do have to watch that kind of thing, it just makes a frustrating day even more frustrating. Uh, some tough outings in relief for uh, Tyler Matzik, first and foremost. He was looking pretty good, came on, yeah. got out of trouble in the fifth inning, got two quick outs in the sixth inning, and then three walks, a couple of hits, a couple of runs come across. I don't know if the radar gun was accurate, but if it was, seeing a bunch of 95s and 96s out of Tyler Matzik, I tweeted this out. That was a good thing to see because it's been a minute. Yeah, look, I was right there with you through those first two or three batters. I thought, well, man, this looks like a really good version of Matzik. Then all of a sudden he just completely lost it. And uh, look, I get Snicker. He doesn't want to use it anymore, the bullpen. I thought, especially after the walk to Marte, I think it was like eight straight balls he had thrown. I thought you had to get him out of there. I mean, it was a it was a game at that point. Um, but after they gave up the, the hit to Lindor, the double off the wall, I mean, that pretty much you know took the, the game out of reach right there. And Look, that's one of the things with this series. You got to keep in mind, this isn't a postseason series. Snicker manages the game completely different. Showalter does as well with the bullpen, but these games are managed a little bit differently. You're not going to have Jackson Stevens in there still in a close game late either. So, um, you know, and that's what makes it frustrating too. You, you could have had that walk to Grossman. That took a run off the board. Yeah. Uh, again, you don't know how things play out differently. So all that just kind of a little bit frustrating. But yeah, I thought Matzik, those first three batters, I thought, man, maybe we have Matzik back, but then just all of a sudden lost control. Yeah, it just kind of came apart. We got the return of Bryce Elder in this game. And as I mentioned on Twitter, he looked a little bit elder because he came back with a beard. I didn't recognize him at mm -hmm. first. I was like, wait, did we reacquire Bryce Wilson? Because it was a totally different looking guy. But uh, two and a third innings for him. He allowed three runs on five hits. Didn't walk anybody, which is great. But the Mets did what good teams do, and that is tack on in that first game to pick up that win offensively speaking, few stars for the Braves in the first game. Ronald Acuna Jr. having a great series. He was two for five, drove in a run. Austin Riley, Matt Olson, and William Contreras each had two hits. Matt Olson drove in a couple of runs, drew a walk. So, you know, game one, offensively speaking, you know, the Braves were able to scratch a few things together, but when you fall down by such a big deficit and then Edwin Diaz can come in and pretty much put out the lights, that is one of the many reasons why the Mets are where they are and have the record that they have. We'll talk a little bit about game two here in just a moment. Before we do, though, I want to remind you that Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. If you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can take a look at their full menu, coffees, teas, gift sets, lots of good stuff at coffeeam.com slash locked on. If you use the coupon code locked on, you'll get 15% off your first order of coffees and teas, gift sets, whatever it is that you find. I can tell you there's something there for everybody, a lot of good stuff. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. So for the Braves in game two, uh, it wasn't going to get any easier. We knew this. This is why the Mets went out and got Max Scherzer to come out 
and dominate a lineup and a division rival lineup in a series like this. And then, of course, they want him to pitch some games like this against teams like they face today once they get to October. But a 6-2 win in game two for the Mets. Max Fried, I felt like, was unlucky a lot in this game. There were just some some hits, some balls, uh, some bad plays behind him that just uh, it just felt like this was a day that was going to get even longer because you saw Max Scherzer on the other side throwing seven scoreless innings, no walks, 11 strikeouts. The battle of the Maxes went to Scherzer yet again, and he was as sharp as I've seen him in recent memory. Yeah, he was really good. I mean, the hitters, just right-handers couldn't lay off that slider. He was pinpoint control. I mean, he locked up Acuna with a fastball inside, a big spot in the game late there. I mean, Scherzer was very good, and I thought Freed was good. Like you said, had that one inning where he yeah. gave up those three runs, could have you know very easily gotten out of that, only allowing one, and, and he did walk a batter in that inning. That's on him, but also just had some bad defense behind him. So, um, again, the Mets just playing really clean baseball. When you got Scherzer on there, you have to match that with near-perfect baseball in order to give yourself a chance in that game, and Braves just weren't able to do that. No, they were not able to do that. And I think one of the big things that you knew is that Max Scherzer was waiting in that nightcap. So I think it just compounded the fact that you lost the first game and then you realize, hey, you're kind of behind the eight ball at this point because if this guy goes out there and pitches the way that you know that he can, you're going to have – it's not even going to be a long night. It's going to be a very short night because he's going to make short work of the Braves. He allowed just four hits, as I mentioned, didn't walk anybody, struck out 11. Braves had just two runs on seven hits on the night in the second contest as they dropped to 64 and 45. Six runs on eight hits for the Mets. They played errorless baseball. The Braves committed three errors in this game. There was a bit of an injury scare for Max Fried in this one as he took a tumble trying to make a throw home on a play in the inning where it was just kind of coming apart for him. He stayed in the game. He was fine. But Travis Darno, couple of hits against Max Scherzer. That in and of itself should be some kind of, uh, I don't know, if player of the game is appropriate when you lose by 6-2 to two score. But Travis Darno was about the only guy that was having good swings against Max Scherzer. And then he had to leave in the sixth inning after a home plate collision with Pete Alonso. He had to leap up for a throw from Austin Riley, come back down to tag Alonso. It was a play that was overturned by replay, which kind of became <laughs> the, the back page news because Travis Darno had to leave the game with an injury. I've seen worse plays be overturned. I've seen clearer plays not be overturned. But either way, this just added to the frustrations of the day. And you've already lost a couple of games. You lose one of your starting catchers this is going to turn into a whole different kind of bad series in New York. Yeah, and look, a guy that leads that pitching staff, and I think Contreras has done a, a great job this year. I mean, I at this point would feel comfortable with him kind of feeling that role, but you look at what Travis did in the postseason last year and how he managed that, managed that pitching staff. I mean, he is invaluable back there behind the plate, so would be a huge loss. Hopefully he's okay. No idea how they overturned that call. I mean, what is – it's but what's the point of conclusive there's nothing conclusive about that i, I don't know how you overturn it but uh anyways yeah i hope hope travis is okay i mean he's 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 huge to this team i mean i think he's one of the leaders of this team right yeah. now so hopefully he's all right but it's certainly a scary play right there and yeah collision with pete alonzo uh would not want to uh, wish that on anybody no, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. It wasn't necessarily as bad of a collision at home plate, not if anybody didn't see it. It was the leaping up, then having to come back down and make a tag. They got a little bit tangled up, and maybe Travis landed a little bit funny. So x-rays on his lower right leg. Braves are not announcing uh, the findings of those x-rays or the results of those x-rays until Sunday, so we won't know until the finale. But just hopefully, you know, good thoughts. Keep your fingers crossed for Travis Darno because, Jake, we saw last year what happens when you lose a guy like this, and 
You know, I've talked to Travis a few weeks ago, and he had high praise for William Contreras and what the two of them have been able to do together as a catching tandem to help out this pitching staff. Being without Travis Darno for any length of time, especially now that we're across the trade deadline, that is not a great scenario to be considering if you're the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I mean, they had all three, or they had three of the hits tonight, all extra base hits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that what that tandem has done has been, you know, really good. And like I said, I feel comfortable with William there, but certainly having both of them, you feel great about it. Yeah, William Contreras, his 15th home run of the season. It came in the ninth inning, a little bit too little and too late for the Braves, and a 6-2 loss as the New York Mets, they did what they needed to do. They were hosting this series at City Field. They had a chance to win a series against the second-place club, get a little bit more room in the standings, a little bit more breathing room, push the Braves a couple of games further back. That's exactly what they did in one day. They picked up two games in the standings. Braves are now five and a half games back in the National League East after just taking back a game on Friday night. That's how quickly this can happen, and that's the kind of day that the Braves had up at City Field on this particular day-night doubleheader. We'll talk about Game 5 in a moment, get you set up for the matchup that I think is going to be pretty tantalizing as far as starting pitchers are concerned and a lot on the line for the Braves to try to grab back one of the games they just dropped to the Mets. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Use the code Locked On. That is code Locked On. Every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging, which will never give away what's inside. So you can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Uh, so with that out of the way, of course, the Braves and Mets have one more game to wrap up this series. Five games in four days, and the pitching matchup doesn't get any bigger than this one, Jake. It's Spencer Strider for the Braves. It's Jacob DeGrom for the New York Mets. Strider coming off a career-high 13 strikeouts. DeGrom, of course, coming off his first start of the year. Uh, I think it's an exciting day for a baseball fan. I know this is the the kind of day that's going to light up the radar gun, but for the Braves and really for the Mets, for both these teams, I mean, it's pretty obvious. A lot's on the line here. The, the Mets have a chance to send a real message in this series with a win behind their ace. The Braves are sending their rookie sensation out there just trying to salvage the finale. Yeah, look, as a baseball fan, I wish I could take off my, my Braves colored glasses for this one because this is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm uh, really hoping to just sit back and enjoy it. But the Braves really need this win. I mean, the difference between four and a half and six and a half coming out of this series is huge. Yes, you still have, you know, seven games left head to head with this team. But you come out of this series six and a half back with a little over 50 to go. And the way the Mets team is playing and the way their schedule is the rest of the way. That just feels really bad. So it's a huge game for the Braves. But as a baseball fan, I just really can't wait to sit back and watch these two fireballers go after it. Yeah, going to be triple-digit heat from DeGrom. I'd imagine that Spencer Strider's got that in his back pocket. Might show some of that off at City Field. But the important thing, if there is one for Spencer Strider, is to pitch as deep into the game as he did his last time out. Six and two-thirds innings of three-hit ball, one run, and 13 strikeouts for him. That's the kind of performance that the Braves need. Strikeouts, no strikeouts, whatever the case, a six and two-thirds innings of one-run ball would go a long way towards helping the Braves you know, have a chance to win on the day Jacob DeGrom pitches. Now, we do know that the Mets have had, at times, struggles scoring runs for him. I know that was kind of the joke in his comeback start, but I'll stress it again. The 2022 Mets and the way that they played the Atlanta Braves, I wouldn't count on old memes and old tropes being the things that are in play and in vogue here in 2022. Big start for Spencer Strider. He matches up with Jacob deGrom, 4.10 p.m. Eastern time at City Field in Game 5 of this series on Sunday. We appreciate you joining us here on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever 
you get your podcast. That'll wrap things up for us today. A frustrating day for the Braves as the Mets take not one, but two games. They sweep the doubleheader. Eight to five, the win in game one. Six to two, the win in game two. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you on Sunday following the finale of this series. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 